Here with the Saturn Studs Podcast, episode 189, joined by Jake from Hello. State Farm. Ah, that joke. It ceases to get old. Everybody listening, please go find a Jake and point at them and yell, State Farm! <laughs> Just on the street. They, State Farm! They'll love it. They'll love you. They'll get it. They'll, they'll high five you. Uh, you'll get a laugh. You'll get a chuckle. You might get their number, ladies. <laughs> or or not. They'll call you with insurance help. <laughs> and if you, yeah, if you're lucky, I mean, you might actually get a state farm representative named Jake, and uh, they'll uh, they'll help you out and get you the best rates. Uh, so they'll, they might we'll, also uh, have an Alexa. Yeah, a little life hack for you guys right there. You're welcome. Uh, Kurt's not here. He's. Uh, I don't know where he's at. We I think don't know. <laughs> he <just> said, <laughs> "I can't." <laughs> we said, "Okay, I we'll think do it ourselves." I think he's on a historical expedition for a question to answer a historical question. I didn't ask him, but I thought up in my mind this morning, and I'm going to pose it to you, Jake, and the audience before we even tell you where we're from. Uh, my historical question for you, Jake, is like during colonial America, right? Like, during, like, the Continental Congress and all the dudes, all the senators in Congress trying to write this Constitution, where the fuck did they go for lunch? Like, because, like, poor people, they're going to they're gonna bring, like, a sack of potatoes and they're going to have it for lunch or they're going to eat, like, some street meat, right? The rich people, most rich people are at home and they have a fucking cook to make their lunch for them. But these guys, they're at the fucking office. They, they ain't no McDonald's. I, John Adams ain't brown bagging this shit. Where the fuck the Continental Congress go for lunch? Um, it's possible they could have gone home. But, like, what about their, the New York senator woman? in fucking Virginia? You know? Maybe maybe he, like, stayed with a friend. And, like, that woman had to cook for a bunch of people. That could be. You're on to something there, Jake. I, I, think, I think there was maybe they would bunk up and they'd be like, all right, I'm staying with Hamilton tonight. Uh, his wife's gonna make some choice venison pigeon pie. Uh, so yeah, I, I can totally see that. Yes, and I know you joke, Jake, about uh, bunking up, but like shit, the word bedfellows exists for a reason. Cause broke ass dudes would share the bed. Cause like, why are you gonna buy a second that. bed if you can just be like, gay people don't exist yet. We're just gonna <laughs> sleep in the same bed, and if you rape me, I'll kill you. <laughs> Gay people don't exist yet. They were a myth back then. They were like, oh, Much have like you heard of a man kissing another man? No, that doesn't exist. Much like a unicorn or a woman who could write. It just things just didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of women who can't write, uh, we're coming at you from Gotham, where the streets are flooded with them. <laughs> They're just out. They're all strong, independent, making it on their own. Um, they're just reporters. They're not. They're not writers. <laughs> and this week on episode one eighty nine, we are of course talking about Harley Quinine. Yeah, the, the, the misadventures the... of Harley Quinn and her imaginary friends. Um, Isn't that the so... movie though? It's like it's, the, oh the, shit! It's like the it's fabulous the, um... Harley Quinn. 
It's the Fabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn or some of that. It's it's got a long name and it's dumb. Um, this is better. This is just it's Harley Quinn. But it She's... wasn't. I forgot from like the trailers of this that they they kind of reverted her image into the movie image that they had for her in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad was probably the most. They probably got the most traction out of anything yeah. in that movie was her outfit. And they're like, okay, this is new Harley Quinn now. Everyone likes it. Cool. Every like, 17 to 24-year-old thought was Harley Quinn that year. <laughs> At every party, it was just, I'm Harley Quinn. I'm unique and quirky. They'll use, they use the hammer as like the new they version weren't. of the, uh, the Yowie paddle. They're like They hit yeah. you and be like, you want to smash? And then you hit him with the hammer. I could see Harley Quinn doing that. That yeah, would actually be yeah. really fucking funny. Um, but yeah. Jake, do you know what the fuck the Yowie Paddle is? No. <laughs> no uh, I don't know what the Yowie Paddle is. Is trashy... some like aboriginal like <laughs> flute or something? Oh, Jake, you're so innocent. Do you know what Yowie is? No. Yeah, okay. I know what Yowie is. That's, That's Japanese gay God. sex. Oh. It's gay sex anime. Um, and they would go around at conventions, like thirsty girls, and they just like slap boys with a fucking wooden paddle and said "yowie" on it. To what effect? I don't know. It's just trashy. Oh Jesus, my computer's running a little slow. I'm trying to look it's up the paddle. It's, it was a whole thing in, like, 2003, 2004, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know about the time frame, but I do know it was a thing and that people were really fucking sick of it after a couple of years. Uh, and that's how, we get, that's how we get to here. No, Harley Quinn is the new, it's the new animated series out from DC Universe, um, which is solid. It's just about her as a single woman on the streets of Gotham with her buddy, Ivy. And and Frank, Frank's great. Yeah, Frank. Frank is really good uh, comedic. Uh, like I um um yeah. he's he's like the the funny man to Ivy's straight man. Yes, uh, Ivy. Although I have I feel I have a soul a resonance with with Poison <coughs> Ivy. I'm like yes, I fe- I feel you, I understand. Yeah. But unfortunately, I I would have liked her not to like start being interested in Kite Man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I, well, I don't maybe that it. won't go anywhere. I don't know. Maybe she'll just get really fucking bored. We'll <sighs> talk about that. We'll talk about the first two episodes uh, here on the cast. So a first... uh, Yowie paddle is a short paddle with the word uh, Yowie written on both sides. It is meant to hit you on the ass to show you how much of a fangirl you are or gay slash lesbian at anime convention. Uh, usually you are asked first, if not to have every right to hunt them down and get them banned from the convention. <laughs> usually done by fangirls or fanboys. I was almost about to get to trailers, but Jake beat me to it. Yowie <laughs> <laughs> fan. Yes, rant at a time, at conventions, random weeb women could come up and smash you on the ass with a wooden paddle. Man. And... There were none of those at my convention that I went to last week, which is why I wasn't here last week. Yes, and in lieu of the spotlight for after today's rundown, um, 
we will have Jake talk about a, he'll give a short presentation of what I learned at PAX Unplugged. Yeah. Did you, did you write all 1500 words? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not scribbling down notes as we speak. <laughs> I, I laugh now. That. At the fucking thousand word paper that we had to do in high school, I'm like, oh no, oh, right? it's so, so much. And I'm I like, remember now being I'm like, so excited that I wrote a thousand page paper in like middle school, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so good at this game. <laughs> Somebody stop me! And then as I look at my fifteen page report that I dinged out <clears throat> in two days, and I'm yeah, like, right. all right, we all got right, boys. we got a lot of trailers actually. Got a uh, lot of trailers. We got a lot of like good trailers. Um... I don't know. I don't know where to start. Well, let's start in the Heights. All right, we'll start in the Heights. Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, <laughs> Read is... the Lin Manuel. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta say Lin Manuel Miranda's in the Heights because that's how it's gonna sell anything. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like anything short of that would not sell. Uh, but no, it's got, it's gonna be a movie. I think it's a, it was a Broadway play, and it is now. A, uh, a movie um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is like helming it because he wrote it and he hopes to maybe get a uh, an Emmy I don't know what he's, he's got he's got uh, he's got a Grammy he's got a yep. Tony and maybe well, he's got he's, an Emmy maybe he's he needs got, an Oscar yeah Oscar because Emmy's TV okay right that's why you have the daytime Emmy the daytime Emmy. Did awards. he get? Did he get a daytime Emmy for something? No, I don't think he's ever done a TV thing. Not that I know of. Um, yeah. So in the Heights, it's the it's the musical tale of El Barrio uh, in Washington Heights, and it's it's one of those lovely little uh, realistic uh, the magical realism stories where everyone's dancing and it's the story of a. A bodega clerk who falls in love, I think, and uh, he he does stuff. Things things happen, and they gotta save their neighborhood or something. Um, like most musicals, the plot is not really the big important part. If someone can recite to me the plot of Oklahoma, I'll be thoroughly impressed. What was that movie about? What was that play about? Okay. I don't know. I have no clue. It was it was about Oklahoma, and text Chris Kristen would know. I would just please. I want to see what her explanation is because, as far as I understand, it is a guy sells a saddle. The farmer and the cowman are not friends. Then uh, then Judd Fry contemplates suicide. There's a dream sequence. Uh, a salesman rolls into town and sells people some stuff. And then another unrelated couple kiss. And then they all sing at the end. And that's Oklahoma. One of these days we'll have like a live live guest and I'll surprise call somebody. Be like, what <laughs> what are what are your thoughts on this? Uh put her on you're on the Saturn Suds podcast. You're on the Saturn Suds podcast. Go on, listening to you now. <laughs> oh god, this is the perfect excuse for Jake to get his fucking soundboard. Oh, oh Jake, I know, that's right? You know what? I know. All I want for Christmas is a fucking soundboard. That's what I really want. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you the obnoxious radio morning DJ sound package, (laughs) and you can macro that shit to whatever buttons you want, buddy. Hell yeah! 
M1 through M5 on the side of my keyboard that aren't doing anything. <laughs> I, you know what? I will cut you a fucking custom-ass soundboard. Of the, of the first five will be mine, and then the rest will be a generic one. But I'll get you a per, the ones that you that you use, that you will use. Yeah. Speaking of not doing anything... Uh, okay. So who's not doing anything? Um, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Matthew. No, I was gonna go by uh, the one guy in Wonder Woman. I forgot what his name oh. is. Oh, oh my God, that movie came. Chris Pine. Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Nuts. Speaking of not doing anything, Chris Pine has not been doing anything from nineteen forty something to nineteen eighty four, because he just randomly been... shows up in the fucking trailer. Well, because he's been dead. Uh, Wonder no, Woman, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, he died in Wonder Woman 1, you ass. But he's in 1984, so he's obviously not dead. He's fully right. alive, unless he's like a figment of her imagination, and Wonder yes. Woman's going psycho, because she forgot to take her antidepressants like a good woman should. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off right there, Jake. We're going to talk about the plot of Wonder Woman 1984. We don't know what the plot is. We absolutely do, Jake, because okay. I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. All right, so it's 1984. Wonder Woman's been Wonder Woman in for a woman years, uh, and she's really cool. She's got a cool, cool other lady uh, roommate who they're gonna do stuff together. That's for sure. I don't know what that really is. Get their nails done. Scissor. Who knows? (laughs) Yes. I mean, I really don't know if if they're like lesbian lovers or not. I really don't know. Wonder Woman has always been sort of a, a symbol of like sexual liberation. So yeah. she could be into any number of shit, and being bisexual would also score a lot of diversity points with the DC crowd. Who knows? Either way, they're living together, and she's like, I'm Wonder Woman, but you're on my secret identity. We're hanging out. And then uh, she's like, but I miss my dead I miss my dead boyfriend guy, Chris Pine Man. He's so sad. I'm sad because he's dead. And then here comes the power of crystal magic guy, fucking self-help MLM my dick man. And he's like, yo, anything you want, touch my crystal and I'll get, you can have the power. It's all in you, except it's me because I have a magic fucking crystal. And I'll, if I grab my crystal, I'll make it happen. She's like, I want my, I want my Chris Pine back. I want to grow in my pine tree. <laughs> and he's like, sure, I sure can fucking do that for you, kid. These aren't cursed at all. It's not a cursed wish, you know. Oh. Uh, so he, she gets her Chris Pine back, and he's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm back from the dead." And it's 1984. I don't know what's going on. She's like, "I'm gonna tell you what's going on in 1984." And it's like a cool role reversal because she knows the world, and he's the fish out of water this time. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. True. Um, but it's like cursed, it. and like his soul is tied to the crystal or some shit. Because I bet you it's, I bet you it's fucking Hades. Because Hades, you know, underworld and yeah. like power and riches, I'm, and like, I'm on to it. And she has to, she has to defeat him and defeat the crystal. And in order to do that, he'll she'll lose right. like uh or not in order to do that uh but in doing so she'll inadvertently kill off Chris Pine a second time. Yeah, or she'll lose like because he owns her her soul for like liberating from from the underworld, some shit like that. Yeah, it's a plot. I figured okay. it out. Right. That's why she has the golden armor, because he also gave her the golden armor. Hey, if Hades... it's not the plot, you, it should be the plot, because that's a damn good plot. Yep. I'm into I it. Watch it for, I watch it for my plot. I watch it for Peter's plot. 
Now, where the fucking the flashback to like the Amazonian Olympics are in, I I don't know. That looks really cool, but I don't know where the fuck that would hey, fit in. Dream sequence, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe the Amazonian place is still like thriving and pumping out new super soldiers. Just just plopping them out. Getting ready to fight Thanos. Not Thanos. <laughs> Stevie Wolf. Yeah. Stepping um, on the wolf. Stepping on uh wolf. Uh <laughs> stepping on the wolf. Doot, Finn, doot, doot. Finn Wolfhard. Yep. I think that's the name. Yeah. Wolfhard Playhard. Wolfhard Playhard. Finn Puppy Soft is in <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is has me excited. He's, we're we're ready. Anything is better. Then Ghostbusters 2016. Have you seen Ghostbusters 2016? Uh, yes, we've done a review on it. Everyone at home, we've done a review on Ghostbusters 2016. It was one of our first. Um, we sound just go back and watch. It's a treat. Because I wasn't we, here for that. So we I were exhausted. Yeah, you never saw it, which is good. Because if you go back and watch it, I actually suggest you do today, Jake. After we're done recording this, we are low energy, dejected, just drained of drained of all hope because we were so put off by this movie it was we did not like it at all because it was a bad movie uh-huh. and i can never i can never tell my parents that because they loved it and i don't want to break their heart they loved- they're like i ghostbusters it was such a fun movie <laughs> i'm like you know what as long as i never have to watch it with you that's fine uh-huh. you just just keep it's all good i will never buy it for you for christmas so you never have to watch it again with a new light be like maybe this wasn't as funny it's just no let the perfect image in your mind remember it forever so um, yeah so we got ghostbusters afterlife which is um uh so the premise of this movie uh takes place uh they, they have a specific date i think but it's like I think it's like 20 or 30 years after Ghostbusters 2 or something like that. I'm just going to assume present day, right? Yeah, it's present day. Um, And it follows the family of... Oh, I forgot their names. Uh, It's the Spanglers. Spanglers, yeah, okay. I think we we see his name at at one point. Um, I mean, they say he's Egon's grandson. Yeah, so... Because so, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the names in it, but there. So it's his family, um, and apparently he passed away, and he left him this. He left them this farmhouse in uh, the middle of nowhere. And I think it's like Oklahoma or something like that, or Ohio or some shit. <laughs> They're going back, back to back Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so it's way out of the city. It's nowhere near it, and um, and we have uh, this family, and then all of a sudden. They move into the house. Uh, they kind of discover some of his old Ghostbusters stuff, and they start finding out that uh, something weird is happening to the city. Paul Rudd's in it. He's saying there are earthquakes happening where earthquakes shouldn't be happening. And then we see them at one point drive uh, into the. Um, I forgot again the name. Uh, but the it's from Ghost. No, they drive into the mine, and they, they, right. they oh, say yeah. the name of the mine. Evo Stanter or something, which was a, it's a low-cut, key-cut, cut-cut-cut, cut-cut-cut-cut to the um, the creator of the build, like the building in Shandor. Ghostbusters 1. Shandor. Shandor uh, yeah, Shandor Mining Company. 
So Shandor was the guy who built that like building and um, <clears throat> in Ghostbusters Two, who had ties to uh, what it starts with a G. No, it's Ghostbusters One. It was Gozer. Gozer, yeah, that's what I was I was going for. Gozer, yeah. Oh, that was Ghostbusters One. Yeah, because Ghostbusters Two was Vigo. Vigo. He's Vigo. You're like the buzzing of flies to him. Okay, all right, all right, got it. And that was the one where the Statue of Liberty got covered in flubber and fucking danced down Main Street. <laughs> yeah, that movie. That Quality. was that was a movie. Ah, <laughs> ah. Um. So yeah. So we we have um. Uh, Gozer, you know, kind of maybe coming back because the guy Shandor was the was the uh, like tried to resurrect Gozer in some way, mm-hmm. and uh, and now we have that name coming back. So, uh, one of the things that they were saying, I, I watched a couple like theory videos, was um, that like the the building was built on like these pillars made out of this one rock. And they think that ghost tonight, go yeah, ghost tonight, a new element. <laughs> um, and I think this is where they mine the rocks from. So this could be like a portal that's like just pumping out ghost activity, and just, it's like reaching a critical maximum or something like that, and it's gonna pop like a cherry. It's gonna have an ectoplasm, <clears throat> ectogasm. Yeah, it's gonna have an ectogasm of ghosts, ghosties everywhere. So Dude. yeah. There, there's a lot of like small stuff like uh, that nods to the the first and second one, so it's 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 gonna be a really fun movie, I think. And it they with this trailer, uh, it looks like they toned down the comedy, but it looks like they will do be do still be doing humor and jokes in it. Uh, yeah. Maybe in the following trailers, they'll show more of the jokes because I can't imagine Paul Rudd being in a movie where he doesn't make jokes. Make it seems yeah. odd. Yeah. Um. So we'll look. I'm looking forward to more. Yeah, this should be pretty good. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's a mixed cast. It's a young cast too. So, uh, and we've seen Finn Wolfhard's uh, acting chops before, with Stranger Things and whatnot. So, Finn is a teenage. Fairly, he's fairly into his adolescence at this point. But like, shit. I think he and the other Stranger Things crew is like the fucking the. I don't know what the benchmark. For like yeah. good child actors, yeah, good good child acting, and and as long as this movie has good direction and good writing, I think I think it'll be a fine movie because all the actors yeah. seem pretty solid. Uh, I think I think Finn's probably going to steal the show. Maybe Paul Rudd a little bit too, depending on how much he's in it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how much he he's going to be in it because he's like the teacher. But if he decides to like accompany them on their misadventures to destroy ghosts, then for sure. Yeah, it'll yeah. be dope. But I'm afraid he's going to be like the kind of uh, information dump about like Ghostbusters. He's like, oh, you don't remember the Ghostbusters? They're all these like kind of old dudes who fought ghosts and whatnot. And I'm, I'm hoping he's not going to be utilized like that. I'm hoping he's going to be uh, actually using like a main character type of role, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, no segue. The gentleman. Matthew McConaughey as You mean this most... wasn't a Lincoln commercial? <laughs> Surprisingly not. Because <laughs> I could see I could this see... being a, just a, a trippy beginning to a Lincoln commercial. He just walks out and it's a Lincoln. <laughs> Weed. Bush. 
Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. It's all there, man. <laughs> this fucking... Alright, it's this fucking movie from STX, which I don't know what else they put out. It, I don't know. It's, um... Star-studded. I don't fucking believe you. Uh, it's about Matthew McConaughey in... I, I think in London. So he's in England. And he's trying to get weed going. Um, and he's... So the clip here is him... First of all, it just starts out him describing different names for weed. What are, what are some of them, Jake? I don't, I don't uh, remember all of them. I remember bush, the really funny one. Um, Smokola? Sm- uh, skunko, skunkamola? Skunkamola. The uh, White Widow Widow's su- Cheese? Su- no, White Widow Super Cheese. Yeah, White Widow Super Cheese. I don't understand so- that one. I've never heard that. I'm assuming he's talking about a strain. Because that's probably what a lot of people like. Like, when you hear people say Kush, like, that's a strain of weed. It's not, like, a nickname for weed, but I think it inadvertently became, like, a nickname. You know, if there's purple in it, you know it's okay. (laughs) God, I'm sure if Kurt listens back to this, he's be like, no, it's this. Uh, Weed is, like, (laughs) different, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's spot-on Kurt impression. Uh... (laughs) He just turns into a raging stoner <laughs> when talking about weed. No, man, Kush Kush isn't really that good. It's like a purple haze is my favorite, man. Purple days. <laughs> uh, yeah, the girl room is also purple. Uh, and he's talking. The guy he's talking to, I don't think has ever had. He looks like Jeff Goldblum, except. If they took the the entire if the monsters went to Jeff Goldblum and took his acting ability away, huh. you know, like from Space Jam, they stole the basketball player's basketball skills. They went over Jeff Goldblum and they took all his acting ability away. That is who this is, and he is wearing is this a fucking this is a fucking T-shirt underneath a suit <laughs> underneath like a Patagonia blazer. That is awful. Like. <laughs> Clip. Go to go to like twelve seconds in, Jake, of this trailer. Let me scroll up through all of our Williams and Sonoma there. purchases. Um, and he's just like, I do the. I he sounds like me if I was trying to act. He'd be like, Look at all this weed we can sell. Isn't that really cool? And like, and Matt McConaughey's like, I know you suck at acting, but I'm just gonna steal this whole scene. All right, all right. <laughs> Yeah, turtleneck with the uh, Patagonia blazer and probably maybe like a maybe a, a North Face or a Lands End jacket over top and a pork pie. This guy looks just the the most slap. Like I don't want to punch him. I just want to slap him. I don't want to punch. I don't exactly punch him. It's not not worth a punch, but maybe a firm slap to the face will really wake up his senses. Say, hey, stop it. Grow up. Yeah. Um, so here's the all-star cast. All right, and I'm going to name all of them, and you tell me how how many of them you recognize. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Eddie Marzan, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant. Uh, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant, and um, Charlie Hunnam. Or Hunnam. Oh, okay. Who is Charlie? Who is Charlie? Uh, he was, I believe, he's the guy who was in uh, Sons of Anarchy. Ah, 
Okay, he was that uh, makes the blonde character. Sense. I think he was like the son of the the big guy, the main guy. I see. The guy that looks like a cat. So, <laughs> maybe a star. Not yet. Yeah, Not he's a been in a couple star. things, but I I don't know if he's like a big star. He's in like big things here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Henry Golding. I'm looking at him. It's like, uh, he was in. Oh, oh God, he's in all like the new movies. He's in A Simple Favor, Crazy Rich Asians, Last Christmas. He's going to be in The Gentleman. Yeah, Charlie Hunnam. Uh, yeah, definitely best known for Sons of Anarchy, but uh, he was also in Pacific Rim. Um, Wait, who is he in Pacific Rim? He might have Shit. been the brother. Okay. Who died early on. It could be. Or, no, he might have been the... Hmm. Rally Beckett? Oh, there was one guy with, like, he had an eye patch on. Oh, maybe he's a he's the main guy. Yeah, actually he's the main guy. In Pacific Rim. Okay. Ron Perlman uh, was in that movie too. Ron Perlman's in like so many random things. That's great. Ron Perlman is just everywhere. <laughs> He's eternal. Um. All right. So that's the gentleman. Yeah, and uh, who's not a gentleman is uh, the free guy. Free in, guy. In Ryan Reynolds is the free guy, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this movie's gonna be. It's like kind of weird. It's, they're in a video game, and he's like an NPC, uh, and he just—I guess he like breaks his programming or something like that—and decides to not do that anymore. Yeah, it's—it seems like it's kind of almost a classic sort of setup, you know. It just makes me think of like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off sort of deal. Where so I'm gonna—I'm like, gonna, this, I'm gonna say something that you might get mad at. Okay, it Jake. Sort of has the plot of uh, the Emoji Movie. Oh my god, Jake, how could you? <laughs> no, I don't care. It's like the one the one character who's supposed to do this one thing and stick to its daily life and like this is how it is. Um and then one day he just develops uh free will and wants to do his own thing. And that's what this movie's about. Yes, I will agree that the plot of this is rather the the premise well the premise isn't that cliche but the plot is rather cliche because he's fucking he literally says don't you wish there was something more that's like something you say in fucking fake movies it's rather derivative derivative shallow and pedantic (laughs) (laughs) this is movies rather derivative but that was it it looks like an okay movie it's fine it's ryan reynolds he's it'll be fucking great i I think it'll be jokes for Six Underground, he made, yeah. like, we should watch that movie. If you can make that movie watchable, then, because I still have no idea what that's about. And I've seen the trailer it's four about or five a times. Lot, it's, it's, it's a, a lime green car. That's it. <laughs> it's a lot of things that are happening in that movie trailer, and I'm just, like, not okay with it. I'd rather hear a little bit more directly what it's about. Um, or at least make it interesting, other than just explosions and car chases, right? That's what you want. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, fucking Ryan Reynolds's like YouTube game is popping off here. Do you see the new video he put out? That was like he was just clowning around. He was just like, 
he just like dubbed all dubbed over scenes in his previous movies oh, very really? poorly. He's like, that's funny. I I don't do it because they need it. I do it because you know I'm really good at it. <laughs> I'm just I'm sort of a master. <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. He's like, ah, el italiano, indoor bremas. Oh, you got a question? I got a I got a response about the Oklahoma. Oh, he got back to him. Yeah. All right, breaking news here: the plot of Oklahoma. It's about Oklahoma becoming a state. Lol, but it's mostly about a girl, Lori, who likes the cowboy, Curly, but she plays hard to get, and then this other character, Judd, likes her, but he's a creep, and he, and takes her to the dance, but she only goes with him to make Curly jealous, but spoiler alert, Curly and Lori get married in the end, oh. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. What a plot! So what What a story! It does definitely does not have anything to do with Oklahoma becoming a state. None of that never factors into anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> they probably make a line about it in the opening song, like Oklahoma's becoming a state. I, I, <laughs> that's how they, that's how they sing. Oklahoma becoming a state right now. State <laughs> legislature. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> if we talk too much, we'll put you to sleep. <laughs> fucking and that one's like that's the fucking flagship of musical theater that's the one that was like oh yeah i like oklahoma i'll watch that that one had huge the movie version had hugh jackman in it huge ackman hugh jackman was curly oh really hmm. yeah and he did a fine job of it he thinks. you know who's not curly and speaking of theater i guess uh we can talk about in the heights by Jake. oh we already did that that was the first one we did jake <laughs> i i was tempted to let you just go with it i, I really want I fucking hate myself right now <laughs> <laughs> trey watch has become so long that i forgot what we first talked about oh I... well well now that we've already talked about that we're talking about ghostbusters after <laughs> Oh hey, my it's God. a smoothly run operation. I'm just looking at a list of trailers and I'm just trying to think of segues. And nothing segues to promising young women or antlers or the grudge. <laughs> so, oh, Spice. speaking about theater, uh, uh, the Wendigo. Let's talk about antlers. <laughs> Fuck when it. they go, now. <laughs> when they go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do antlers now. <laughs> Stantlers. The hit so, Pokemon movie is now as a sequel. Stantlers is a Pokemon. But Antlers is a movie about a Wendigo, which is like a mythical beastie po- Pokemon. <laughs> um, so we got, we got a, a new trailer for this. So it's not our first time talking about it, but it's the final trailer, so I think it's coming out soon. Uh, we got a lot more scenes about uh, featuring the actual monster and kind of fleshing out what the movie's going to focus on. <laughs> Flesh. Yeah, right. Uh, so it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a mystery uh, involving, like, missing bodies um, or missing people and, like, finding parts of bodies and them trying to figure out what the hell did it. Like, they're probably going to say, oh, it's probably a bear or mountain lion that did this, but no bear or mountain lion could do this to a thing. Um, yep. I, I can fucking... <sighs> I'm just going to ruin this whole movie again. 
<laughs> so, like I did with fucking Wonder Woman 1984. We're just going for it. Uh, so it's the kid that like is feeding the body parts to this Wendigo, which makes me think that it's the dad. Because the thing about Wendigo is like, you like you can just turn into one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, and you could just get the curse and you start going. And that's supposed to explain cannibalism, like in the deep woods. If you were a fucking native guy and you all been out in the woods in the winter for a couple weeks and ain't no one had food to eat, yeah, one dude's gonna eat the fucking rest of them and be like, oh, "I was a Wendigo." Shit. Yeah. I'm ashamed of myself. I'm a fucking monster now. Well, yeah, like in in the beginning of it, the from the previous uh, clips that we've seen, uh, he throws a skunk to the floor, and then the the creature jumps out and eats it, and he's like chained up there. Um, but he looked more humanoid than he does later in the trailer, so we're gonna also see him like kind of evolve and mutate, sort of, into more of a monster. Uh, where this kid probably thinks, oh, this is my dad, like, I need to take care of him, he's the only one that'll listen to me, uh, but he'll probably figure out later on in the movie that that's becoming further from the truth and his dad is becoming more of a monster, uh, right. well, it, well, as he eats, like, more and more, uh, human flesh and whatnot. I uh, think there's room here for, to, to make, like, an allegorical story or a metaphorical story about alcoholism and having, like, a substance dependent father and you know living in that home because like it shows a lot of the kid at like school you know and it's like any kid with a fucking alcoholic dad at school where they're just like they're not focused on work their mind's distracted they're dealing with other shit yeah and they have a dad they have to come like a monster they have to come home to every night and take care of yeah no it's spot on i mean like the the teacher continuously says like i have a kid who's who's dealing with a lot of issues and then she ends up finding the drawings that she takes to the police, and the drawings are of like this creature eating people. And, and it, I mean, you probably could have just chalked it up to imagination, but I think with the evidence of him like being so off, I guess, just maybe that uh-huh. sudden change in behavior, she raised the alarms, and it was like a little bit too much. Uh, so we see a, a lot more scenes of the creature and like what it does to things. I'm. It's by Guillermo del Toro, who's who has a good track record of doing good things. But uh, mm-hmm. it, I think the one thing that's going to worry me is if we don't, if we get like like really close shots of him, of the monster, but never like a full shot of him, or we just get parts of it, and it never gives us, it never gives us our nut. Like that's what I, I'm. I'm afraid of blue balls right here, and I want, I want like a good old fashioned monster movie. And with some good character <laughs> development in it, but I thought you were gonna say monster movie hand job. <laughs> no. Just, yeah, just scare me to completion. That's gonna be the uh, the the the, the porn spare spinoff or porn parody of it. <laughs> the Wendigo getting the hand job from the teacher. <laughs> no, it's called it's Wendigo ads. Come on now. <laughs> So um, uh, I guess I guess this is like the the time to put out horror movies because for some reason we have a remake of The Grudge. Yeah, I this is well, it is getting to shitty shitty movie month, which is January, um, where they're just gonna crap out stuff because it's not Oscar season anymore. Yeah, um, and it's the new fiscal year, so you just gotta get that shit out the door. Uh, yeah, The Grudge, Sam Raimi. He's making another one, and I don't know why he decided to make a remake of The Grudge. Because, I don't know. First of all, it's going to be The Grudge. 
originally was also an American adaptation of a Japanese horror movie. And Japanese horror is a lot different from American horror. If you've ever read any Junji Ito um, or the like, it's a little different style. But So this is a remake of a remake. Um, and I don't know. It's it's got some neat visuals. Like Sam Raimi has some good visual dir- some ideas. You know he knows kind of what he wants to see. Some cool things to show that would be like yeah no audiences will want to see that. But otherwise the plot looks pretty conventional. Like the, I think they're trying to they're taking maybe a little bit from it. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. with the old lady in the house Possibly. being investigated. Well, I that's just that's, that's what comes up to me. That no, that's not the same old lady. I forgot what old lady she is i've seen her in another horror movie so she's like she was it any of the conjuring movies oh yes yeah yeah she's in the conjuring movies yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah so she's known for her horror chops uh yeah uh well the 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 old lady in the house kind of discovering that that was a small part of that i don't know We'll, we'll have to see i never saw the grudge to be honest me either, um, but I think it. I if I remember from the hearsay correctly, it's just the story about a. It's the ghost of a girl who died by drowning, and like you know, it's one of those things where that's a very Japanese idea. Like if you don't die in peace, you, you know you can't move on. Yeah, it translates well to to Western uh, culture ideals yeah. and such in that jazz. But yeah, it's just sort of that. Japanese horror is very like despair of the inevitable. That's what a lot of horror I've seen is where it's just like it's not really about jump scares. It's about you're never gonna escape and it will always kill you. Like it'll always come back to you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and that's sort of what the grudge is like. They just they can't. How you, there's no way to get rid of it. This isn't fucking The Exorcist. You know, it's just gonna it's just gonna run its course. Yeah. It's gonna get you. It's and though. So that was the cool visual that I liked was the fucking shower scene where her hand comes out of the dude's hair. Yeah, yeah. Out of fucking um, who is he's in? He's in like everything. He was uh, Harold, who was in Harold and Kumar. Oh yeah, that's who I remember him from. But he's he's like in fucking Star Trek. He's in fucking other things. (laughs) He was and he's in this now. I'm trying to remember that guy is. Oh, let's look it up. Let's look up Harold and Kumar. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. He's the Asian? Is he the Asian guy, right? Yeah. Oh, I can't just go to cast? No, because uh, IMDB is not about you anymore. Harold Lee. Harold Lee. Okay. Wait, he's, he's just Harold Lee? Yeah. And they named him Harold for the fucking movie? Yeah. That's well, fucking lazy. Well, the other guy is Kumar Patel, so... Oh, it's one of those? Okay. Meta. It was so okay. meta. Um, oh, yeah, so Harold Lee, I think he... Unless I'm fucking totally mistaken. But, yeah, he's the, he's the guy in this, and, like, her hand comes out of the back of his head. Wow! I remember that was like that would freak me out when I used to see that too. So good for mm-hmm. 
All right. Um, one more trailer that I have uh, that's not about um, Harold or Kumar or about men at all. It's, well, it's a little bit okay. about men. It's about promising okay. young women. And I don't know. It looks good. It's got Bo Burnham in it. So I expected this to be a funny movie when I first heard that Bo Burnham was in a new movie. Uh, but it does not look like a comedy at all. Uh, the premise of the movie is a girl goes out, acts sloppy drunk at a bar, and tries to get picked up by guys, by quote-unquote nice guys. Um, and they bring her back to their apartment. They bring her back to their apartment, and they try to sleep with her. And then she goes off and she says, no, I don't want to, stop, as she's drunk. And then if they try to do anything, then she breaks the character, and she's like, actually, I'm sober. You're an asshole. And like... Uh, there's clips of people saying that's the worst thing that can happen to a guy is get accused of something like that, which I'm assuming is like rape. Um, so I, I think there's going to be, uh, it's going to be the question of like, uh, was it just a mistake that the guy like thought she was into it and then she really wasn't, or she didn't have. Uh, the wherewithal to give consent. Uh, so, so in actuality, she's like, I don't know. Like, who's who's the victim here? Like, because guys are gonna try to push the thing that they're the victim in this. They were misled. They thought it was okay. And so, then, what you're saying is this is gonna be this is shooting to be a controversial movie among I, the audience. I really, I really think it is. And you know what? The best way that this movie could do is make it a good argument and make it a good argument with like the guy side. Like if they could, if they could get the watcher to be like, yeah, I see where those guys are coming from. However, Mm. I really think this is going to push towards the direction of like, uh, the guys are just trying to like cover up for themselves. Like they're right. They just wanted to fuck. Like that's all they wanted to do. They were going to take advantage of a woman. They're complete assholes, even though they say they're nice guys. They're they're playing a a, a tight game here of playing the demographics. Yeah. Um, which could work out, but that that that's going to put a bias in the, in the film. And if the you know does the bias does the filmmaking match the story? It's like I think it's called cinema narrative dissonance. Okay. Uh, that's, I think that's going to be a pitfall if they're going to lean hard into that. Yeah. Um, interesting. I, I am, ex- I'm interested to see where this will go be- and what yeah. sort of outrage this will generate. Yeah. Because, because this will, and, and like we've seen in the past, like any outrage or any sort of feedback to a movie is good for the movie because even if you hate the movie or you hate the idea of it, you're still a little interested to go see it. So I can see a lot of people doing that. Um, But yeah, it's going to be really interesting and it's going to be, they're going to have to be careful at how they do it. And if it's done right, I think it'd be a really, really good and compelling movie that's going to open up a, a, maybe a progressive uh, dialogue about this whole situation. Because this has been like, this has kind of been like on the back burner, but it's been a really like kind of major issue uh, that's always come up in society. Like it's never stopped. Uh, ever since like we were in, I mean, really like middle school, like it's always been mm-hmm. a thing where like, okay, a woman's drunk, she can't give consent, yet 
she wakes up in the morning after sleeping with a guy and then she uh says it's rape but the guy was drunk too so it's like where do you draw the line and it if they do a good job at really making a good argument uh for both sides then it's going to be a good movie because i think that's what what good movies uh offer like this good controversial movies is they offer a good argument for both sides and it really leaves the final decision on the the watcher and i see a lot of movies just make up their minds halfway through the movie and they're like this is how you should think and i don't think people want to watch that that's fair yeah uh and controversial among watchers movies 10 10 and more of which (laughs) we are we have are gathered here today for the rundown uh like i said we're not gonna do a spotlight we're just gonna i'm gonna get this out really quick here um and i'll there are a couple notes but generally i'm just gonna say uh the rankings and what their total gross is so far all right, the fir- the top five have not changed from last week. They are Frozen 2, Knives Out, Ford v. Ferrari, Queen and Slim, and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood at 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, respectively. Wow. They've all dropped about 50% from last week. Uh, total gross in order from top to the fifth is $338 million, $63 million, $91 million, $27 million, and $43 million. So... Total gross has nothing to do with the box office take. I think I think everyone's just no one no one really wanted to rock the boat this week. Um, but as we get down here into the lower numbers, we have some real fucking uh, jumpers here. I see uh, it at fourteen. <laughs> oh god, um, maybe. Oh yeah, there it is. It's lurking. I fucking see it. Oh god, we're gonna talk. We will talk yeah, about that'll this. be our spotlight. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I guess a spotlight as much as any. Um, all right, at number six, jumping up from number 19 last week, which means it just was wide release, uh, is Dark Waters. The focus features a movie about Mark Ruffalo as a as an attorney. I think he's the attorney. Um, it's got Anne Hathaway and Mark Ruffalo and Tim Robbins in it, and it's about the lawsuit against an environmental company who's been polluting. So it's a uh, courtroom drama. And a, you know, it's one of the uh, politics dramas. So I'm sure it, that's why it got wide release was because it was, you know, it's kind of a niche show or a niche movie. So they, uh, they're like, okay, here we go. And that's pulled in $5 million, uh, this week. So, yes, it's just big push, new theaters. People want to see the new movie in theaters. That's where they got to see. Uh, next in seventh, down from six, is 21 Bridges. Um Keeping in trend with the 50% drop here uh, at about $23 million. And then um, everything basically underneath Dark Waters dropped down one. This has been a really fucking stagnant week. Maybe they just didn't produ- didn't do the numbers. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So everything from 7 to 10 yeah, wow. has been dropped exactly one place, right? So, yeah, everything just you know, bumped down. Yep, so number 8 playing with fire at $42 million. Nine is midway at fifty-three million. Last Christmas in tenth at thirty-three million. Joker still hanging in eleventh with three hundred and thirty-two million. I so much fucking have to money. See that, Jesus Christ. Joker? Yeah. No, I I don't know why I haven't been able to get out. Okay. Yeah. Go check it out because yeah. like it's it's on the way out. Um. Then Harry Paris or whatever. 
But all right, so now we're gonna get into a couple, couple nifty ones here. A couple little, little nifty ones. Um, let's start out with our boy, our boy, uh, by STX Entertainment, the same people who brought you the gentleman and White Widow Super Cheese comes Play Mobile the movie. <laughs> Clocking I'm, in I'm, opening week. I'm watching with the trailer six... right now. <laughs> so bad. All right, boys. Here, here comes the big numbers. Clocking in this animated feature, feature-length animated movie, opening week. Clocking in at six hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars total oh gross. My God, it did not break three quarters of a million dollars. But worldwide, though, <laughs> I fucking are. Right, let's look worldwide. worldwide. I, <laughs> Why is it like really popular international? All right, world. All right, so domestic, it's actually eight hundred and seventy-two thousand. I'm sorry, international. Well, yeah, it's like a French thing, I think, or maybe German. Uh, international, twelve million. Worldwide, thirteen million dollars. Ninety-three point five percent of its take was international stuff. Which is ridiculous. That's, that's a that's really high. There is literally no other movie that is pulled in less, except for maybe Dark Dark Waters is the only movie that did less or did equal, but that's some some fucking different shit. Well but we, we uh from the Saturn Suds from all of us and I'm sure Kurt as well, we we do deeply, truly apologize for not covering this on Trey Watch. Uh I'm sure if it was covered on Trey Watch, it would have done much better domestic. <laughs> I think we covered it last week. I remember I pulled it up and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Wait, last week? No, 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 oh, no. It was between last week and this week because I saw that trailer and I was like, "How yeah. did we miss this?" Because I, I thought we like we missed it. That's that was the whole thing. But like, the people who are in it are like Jim Gaffigan, Adam Lambert, Keenan Thompson, Megan Trainer, Daniel Radcliffe. Like what? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. Uh, so someone might claim money laundering. I don't think this is competent enough to be a money laundering scheme. Uh, I also, I have faith in some of these guys. They don't seem like the people who would do that. Uh, but yeah, no, like, because Playmobil didn't advertise this at all. They didn't, if you go on Playmobil's site, let's go on Playmobil's site right now and see if we can find anything that relates to advertising for the movie. Uh, so I've, I've, I read a, I read a, uh, ba, 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 ba review or I heard a review of it and they don't mention the word play mobile in the movie. Really? Yeah. And they, they're only like, so they're trying to ape the Lego movie, right? Of course. And, um, you know how Lego movie had all those cameos. They had like Batman and the fucking basketball teams and Gandalf and all that Superman shit. These guys have plenty of fucking like uh, sponsors here. They got. I'm looking at the site. They have Spirit. Remember Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron? That was a fucking great movie. Oh yeah. They had, they had Brian Adams on the soundtrack. Oh yeah. They had Ghost. This has Ghostbusters. How to Train Your Dragon. The NHL. Those are some solid fucking things you can throw in. They have NASA. Like they do. They have like NASA shit. Um. But no, the only one that the movie uh, 
did a cameo with was Porsche. <laughs> Porsche is the only product placement thing in this movie. Wow. That's right, kids. Porsche. Play mobile Porsche. Uh, and they didn't have the fucking castle. You know. The one that was the that was a play mobile thing, right? Was the castle? I don't remember. Oh god, let me pull it up. It was the toy. Um Yeah, but if you go on the site, uh you look and the only thing advertising for the movie is one little fucking button at the top there. Oh, it wasn't that castle. Shit. I'm sad now. What was that toy castle? I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. It w- that was the shit. Uh, let me see. Cla- it, I feel like it was toy mobile. It wasn't play mobile? Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, fi- it was Fisher Price Great Adventures. That was oh. the castle. And you can still buy one for 70 bucks, which is honestly fucking worth that price because the kid will play with that for 30 goddamn years. Yeah, I would still play with it. 100%. It has so many fucking features. I don't think I, I don't think I ever found them all. Shit. Yeah, I think I had this. Yeah. It was, and it was the perfect waiting room slash church basement toy. It had a drop down door. It had towers. It had a fucking, it had a cannon, which you never had. Like, you lost that the first week. (laughs) You lost the cannonball the first week, and you're like, well, well then. (laughs) I remember this shit. This is great. (laughs) <laughs> what a flashback they all had their swords up in the air like raise yep. up all super high like <laughs> like what are you gonna do with that bud <laughs> i'm gonna angle my whole body to hit you with it <sighs> they don't make them they don't make them like the dead anymore all right um uh, yeah so, so that's for the well, there is one more that i just i Ooh. saw that like stood out to me well also, Pro Marais, that's the anime movie. One of those anime movies that comes out. I want to oh, see yeah. that when it gets on the video because there's one theater showing it in the Albany area, and it was some weird ass, like, I had to go out of my way to go see it. I'm like, no, it's at one showing on a Tuesday at a theater that's, like, half an hour away from me. Sorry, buddy, not going to go see it. Oh, I know what, um, I know what movie you're going to talk about. Pati Patni Oyuwa. Absolutely. Number 21. Totally. Totally, exactly what I was thinking of. No, it's uh, in number twenty-five, up from number fifty-five. No, no safe spaces. No safe the, spaces. Damn. No safe spaces reveals how identity politics and the suppression of free speech are spreading into every part of society and threatening to divide America. I love it. Mmm. Yep. Good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know what the what the logistics of the the theaters are that. You can jump up to 25 from 55. I don't know what that means. Well, they <laughs> like, added what? They added uh, 192 theaters. So it went from 8 from... theaters to 200. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Just, I don't fucking know, man. That's weird. All right, that's that's all. 
let's get out of here. Let's talk about PAX Unplugged, Jake. All right. Tell yeah, about... we can talk about PAX Unplugged. Um, so last week I went to a gaming convention, and uh, so PAX uh, Unplugged is a spinoff of like PAX East and West, I guess. PAX East, West, stuff like that. All had a tabletop uh, part of it, and they were getting so much traction to those that they thought, hey, we could probably make a convention out of just this. And they did. And uh, <laughs> two years ago was their first year. So this is a two, two-year-old two uh, convention. Uh, so it's fairly new, and you can tell. They're still working out some kinks. Uh, but the price of admission, it was like 70 bucks for three days, which compared oh, wow. to like PAX East and West, stuff like that, it's super reasonable. Like those are like, for a one day pass is like a, over a hundred dollars. Like three day passes are like two fifty to three hundred dollars sometimes. Uh, so we go there. Uh, a couple of us. Uh, we just got like a Airbnb before we had like stayed with a friend up there. Uh, so we kind of tried to save some money uh, on lodging a little bit because it can get expensive. But I think if you get your Airbnb early enough, it'll be reasonably priced, and you split it with a couple people. Um, just be, you know, yeah. be smart, yeah. plan it out. Yeah, if you, if you do it ahead of time, I think we did it like maybe two or three months ahead of time. Um, so, PAX Unplugged, uh, it's a lot of, they, what they do is they have all the uh, uh, board game, uh, any sort of tabletop gaming companies, uh, Dungeons and Dragons companies. So, anybody who makes like... Um, uh, accessories for Dungeons and Dragons, like uh, uh, game pieces, miniatures, uh, paint sets, uh, and just like minor stuff, like uh, like tiles that you can put down to create maps and whatnot. It's little stuff. It can be anything from like, anything like that. And they mm-hmm. all like get their boost, like and they they have the big names like Ultra Pro. They have a bunch of like sleeves and deck boxes for Magic. Um, there's a fuck ton of dice tables. <laughs> dice is a big thing there's probably about like 10 10 or, 10 or 15 different uh booths where they sell dice or dice accessories uh things to keep your dice in things to roll them on um and that's usually any for cool, D. huh any really cool out there dice uh yeah oh there's see. a ton like there's some there's some luxury ones like i got i got a um a gemstone dice set that was like 85 nice. bucks, but you can get them out of specialty metals like tungsten or titanium. Um, mm-hmm. But those go up to like 150 to $200, which is nuts. And I'm like, no. Uh, <laughs> so I got some blue sandstone dice, which look really, really nice. Uh, and they're usually your D10, uh, D10 percentile, D8, D4, D6, D20, D12. And then they give you a little pendant or something that you can make into a necklace, which is kind of nice. But... It's a really cool uh, uh, type of thing. And there are a couple stands that do that. Um, so, like, uh, as your board games, you have anywhere from, like, uh, Settlers of Catan to Cards Against Humanity to, like, your really out there board games. I would call them more like tabletop games, like Warhammer 40K. And there's uh, yeah. one that my friend is getting into is Wild West Exodus, and he kind of wants me to get into it. Um, <laughs> so... That's the type of tabletop games that there are as well, and there's there's several booths like that. Uh, but I think the cool part about this uh, PAX Unplugged is uh, the uh, like Kickstarter or uh, the 
unreleased games, the games that are in like early access. Um, because you don't ever think about like games being in early access. Like, yeah, we have for computer, we have, uh, you know, when it came out, PUBG, that was early access. That was fresh in development, but you could play it. However, like a tabletop mm-hmm. game, they don't release it until it's like fully ready. Uh, cause you can't update right. it. So they have to make sure it's good to go upon selling. So that was one of the cool things. I got to play a really neat, like, marble uh, arcade-style game that, that was that was really neat that I, I think I'm going to probably get whenever it uh, goes on sale, and they're starting a Kickstarter soon for it. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of boosts like that. Uh, and then there's a lot of Magic stuff as well. So, like, we play Magic the Gathering. Uh, there's some Pokemon trading card game and stuff as well. Uh, but... It seems like magic is definitely the big hitter, and for some reason, Transformers. I, Transformers is just like, big. It's just I, a big I was surprised at that when I first went there. I was like, "Why is there a special section just for Transformers?" Uh, so like, there's a Transformers card game. There's a Star Wars card game that you can play, and they hold tournaments for it. Um, and they hold a lot of tournaments for Magic, but uh, there was a bit of a controversy this year where. Uh, basically due to the judges and incompetency, there was like some of the times for the tournaments were taking almost double as long. Oh, and okay, the, yeah. And the convention is only open, like the expo hall, like, the main part where all the booths are, are only is only open from like 10 to 6. So you got 8 hours to get in there and do what you want to do. And if 6 hours of that is sometimes just sitting around waiting for a tournament to get over... Uh, you, you can get a little pissed off. Yeah, that's rough. Um, that's crazy. Because they're so, supposed to be only like three hours. Mm-hmm. Did you get to? Did you sit down and play any magic? I so we did last year. Um, and I think the consensus of our group was that we don't really like it because it takes away too much time from the expo hall. Like we really mm-hmm. want to go walk around and uh see the different booths and and kind of discover what kind of new games we want to get. Um, and cut magic. We, we can play magic whenever. And it's like, we're just kind of like gambling on if our draft is going to be good enough to where we're going to win or something. So I did last year, but this year we didn't do anything and I'm glad we didn't because it seemed like it was more chaotic this year. That's fair. Um, all right. I got a couple questions for you and then we'll, we'll move on to video game stuff here. Um, so hitting off of magic playing, um, game spaces. How much of the floor was uh, dedicated to gaming space? So, like, um, playing. If I try to think about like this whole scale of the convention center, so it's in the Philadelphia Convention Center, and last mm. year they had it divided up between the top floor and the second floor. So, which I think that was better because there was a lot more, a lot less foot traffic um, throughout the expo hall. So upstairs they had all the booths, and then they had the free to play area where free to play was. You could go in and uh, rent a board game and sit down with your friends and play it and learn how to play it, uh, which is awesome. I think that's a really cool idea. Uh, the problem is there was like not enough seating at certain parts of the day, just whenever the high foot traffic mm-hmm. was. And that was more so on Saturday, which was the main day that people went. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, Friday and Sunday were the less busier days, but uh, that's to be expected. So, mm-hmm. but this year they just did it all on the top floor because some testing was going on downstairs and they couldn't use that part of the hall. Um, 
and they had maybe I'd say a solid uh maybe forty percent was uh booths and like all the different companies coming and then I would say right. another thirty percent was uh the free to play area, which is just tables of, right. uh, on tables on tables for people to sit and play games and then i'd say another 30 percent was the uh anything tournament based uh, okay yeah okay cool um second to last question here um big events were there big presentation events was there a main stage yeah. to the show yeah there was so there on the app what uh, was what was your big presentation that you saw uh, we didn't get to go see any and i, I i'm kind of annoyed that we didn't because i would always kind of like try to get people rallied to go see them um but we just did more walking around uh there was one the first day that i wanted to go that we all wanted to go see really but we ended up getting food instead um there was uh it was something about magic and it was talking about like the future of magic uh and i think they had like the head designer for like magic the gathering uh mark rosen Mark Rosewater, Rosewater, yeah, Rosewater, yeah, yeah. So they they had him. I think they had him there. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm, I'm sure he's I'm, very. I he is. He was there, vi- and he was giving yeah. a panel uh, on that. There was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff um, that they did offer that was just our shows. You could go and sit down and sign up, or and and you can do this like days before too. And I think next year what we're gonna do is we're gonna try and plan that out a little bit more. Um, is they have all the activities. Uh, on their website or on the app that you can just like add to your itinerary uh so i think if beforehand we kind of flesh out what we want to go see um and some of them could a lot of them seem to be dmd related so like uh mm-hmm. some of them were like um uh like oh, dm I gotta tips ask, was there like a yeah was there a critical role live reading no there wasn't at all uh i don't cool. i don't know if there was a critical role there was a couple booths that referenced critical role um i don't know if critical role keeps like the bigger things or what um i think they do so i think critical role might be its own entity at this point that's fair um because they they do their own live shows um they just had one in austin texas and yeah it seems like they maybe they only stick to like bigger bigger conventions I mean, I think they might be too busy to go out and spend a weekend or something out in Philadelphia. And that mm, makes sense. Could be. Uh, but it would have been really, really cool to see that. That'd be amazing. But, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of Critical Role cosplay. Uh, like, there, there was actually a ton of Critical Role cosplay. Um, there was... Um, what was the, What's the other one? It's like... There's another podcast where a couple guys and their dad do it. It's called like the Adventure. Or, oh, I know that podcast. I don't remember. The one what guy's the name, name is, is like Taco or something like that. It, yeah, so they're they're kind of goofy guys. Uh, so they had a booth. I guess they have like a a board game or something like that based on their adventure, and they had a booth there. So I recognize that. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of Critical Role merchandise there. I kind of wish there was, but I did see mm-hmm. Dwarven Forge, which is um. Uh, a well, let me lead them. you into that. Yeah. Oh, that's part of them. Okay. Well, it's well, they uh, they sponsor Critical Role and they always use their maps, but they're super fucking expensive because it's like the top tier uh, DM stuff. Right. I I remember those. Yeah. Um. 
high quality equipment yeah. for your high quality D and D playing. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my last question for you, Jake. Out of all the stuff you saw, what are your top three uh, products, board games, etc., that either you want to buy or you think people should keep an eye out for? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, I'd say in at number three, um, hmm. I, I want to say cop out and just say like a really good pair of like dice or dice accessories. Um, okay. So I got um, any any particular table that you liked. Yeah. So so I got uh, last year I got a wormwood dice tray which is really really high quality and a dice vault um, and now mm-hmm. I have some really nice dice to put in it. Um, so using that enough, I think it's it's worth the investment that you put into it. Really good quality dice. Um, and there's just tons of things you can pick from. So whatever you like, they'll have it. Uh, whether it be gemstone, whether it be metal, whether it be wooden dice, or just your normal resin dice, and you can get everything there. Uh, I'd say number two is, I mean, I think it's, I would have, I would say my number two was that uh, that marble uh, arcade game. It looked really, really interesting. And every now and then you'll find like a gem board game that you really find fun, and you can't wait to buy. And sometimes you can buy it there, and sometimes you can't. So. I'd say look around for whatever board game that uh, fits you because you're bound to find uh, a really interesting board game that you've never played and that's really fun uh, there. And my number one personally uh, was definitely the gaming tables that I saw that are astronomically expensive, but one day I either want to build one or I want to buy one and have in my house because they look so awesome. you, they had uh, width-wise leaves that you could uh, separate the table into partitions and have uh, a place for playing board games or magic or D&D. Uh, are they felt-topped? Some are felt-topped. They can be topped with whatever you want. A lot of it's custom, so like you just whatever you order you can get. So there's different softness of felt. Uh, there's different hard tops. Um, there's... LED lights in some. There's speaker systems in some. The one we looked at had a wireless charging on top of the table. Like it was so nuts how much how much they how much stuff they put into it. Sounds like they need like a showroom, like a car show, you know. Literally, I mean they they had a lot of um, uh, real estate put out for these these places too. Like the the, mm-hmm. the to put all these tables well, they have out. To. Yeah, <laughs> they had five or six tables out at a time. Just showing people this is what we have, and the one company was seemed like a small company in like Greece too, which is really interesting to see. So it's also a good place, and it's a it's a smart marketing move too to bring demo tables and then sell the demo tables there because people are going to be more inclined to buy it right away than you know you know they they might be inclined to impulse buy a six thousand dollar table because they don't have to pay for shipping. And it's on the company's benefit as well because they don't have to pay for shipping. So they're like, yeah, right. screw it. It's right here. You can take it home with you. So <laughs> I went back at the end of the day and there was like almost every table had a sold sticker on it. Perfect. So yeah. it was really cool. Well, thank you, Jake, yeah. for your report of packs. Coming up next, our feature presentation. Over to you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Jim Gordon, ah, oh, fucking, oh, they're tearing up the city. 
I love how Jim Gordon's a fucking mess in this show. Yeah. Oh, all right. I got to talk one second. We got to take one little break yeah. here. Um, video games happened this week, I guess. It was the Game Awards. So <laughs> kind of rough with us, um, with Kurt being out and Jake giving his lovely report on PAX. We don't have a lot of time to talk about the Video Game Awards. They happened. There was a lot of trailers. The only trailer I cared about that I saw was one for No More Heroes 3 for the Switch. Uh, that's a great trailer. Jake, I'll show it to you after. Okay. Um, there are probably several compilations of of video game stuff uh, from the Game Awards that you can view online. Oh, also the new Xbox system. Xbox Got a, like series, a teaser. Yeah. Xbox yeah. Series X is coming out. It looks like a tower. It's just a computer tower yeah. with a fucking controller on it. Good job, guys. You finally got there. Uh, and they, it was all flash, no, no performance. Mm-hmm. It was all just like it was that guy from um, that one game. It's called Everything, right? Where he's just the philosopher guy. He's like, "What if you could dream seventy-five dreams at once, and you would, you could live in another world?" And it's just showing all these fucking silly ass graphics. And it's like, here it is new system there's you don't know anything about it just don't call it the scarlet anymore thanks assholes bye bye uh and that was the game awards uh although i do know um death stranding got best direction for a video game the fuck how <laughs> well it, it if the gameplay sucked but like is it was well directed yeah you know? yeah huh interesting so who knows? Um, go check out those game awards if you ever care about what game was, what game should actually be award winning, and which ones are just fucking pretenders. Game of the year edition, assholes. Um, uh, check it out. Go go online. Do a little research for yourself. That's that was the big thing in news this week. Uh, yes, back to our feature. Back to Harley Quinn. Har Har Harlequin. 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 Harls, as uh, Ivy so uh, so puts it. So lovingly calls yeah. it. Harls. Um, yeah, this was... Uh, Har- so I forgot... I didn't know much about this when we started, and uh, the opening scene is uh, quite graphic and, and uh, vulgar. So I was like, okay. So right off the bat, this show tells you where it's going to go, how it's going to do it. And it doesn't give a fuck. It's not your normal uh, kids' bop. So it's your dad's bop. So it's your dad's DC animated show. This is your your edgy R-rated uh, DC animated show, and it's it's great. I mean, like it starts off with like these rich snobs being like, oh, "We're gonna do what we do most, fucking over the poor." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "That's a great line to start on," and then. <laughs> fucking Joker's wearing the the mask of the guy or the face of a guy. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, oh god, it, it's so gory, and it it starts off, and it, it kind of sets your tone with this uh, relationship between Harley and Joker, and how it's a little rocky, and he kind of abuses her, like we always know. But uh, now people are As like, you hey, do. you um, uh, you probably should get out of it. Yeah, but she's like, nah, I'm good. She's delusional. Just, she's, she's crazy. She's psycho. So, yeah, she's going to do that. But that's okay. She gets stuck in Arkham for a yeah, year. Yeah, she's stuck in Arkham I love, for a year. I love all the characters in this. That's the, thing, the first thing I got to oh, say about yes. this. Oh, the, every single character. Every single character uh, is either playing a, like, uh, a bit of themselves 
like Bane is like mm-hmm. just a parody of how Bane. it's it's basically Tom Hardy's Bane, but he looks like the old fashioned uh, Bane from like uh batman and robin robin yeah and it's fantastic he's about as smart he's about as smart but like he just has all those those one-liners and he sounds like him where he has that like muffled voice um and and he he references certain things like blowing up the gotham stadium and breaking the batman it's just like but he has those elements of the old one that's like yeah when he pumps the juice into him he gets bigger and bulks up (laughs) Like that's so that's so good and it's smart. It's a smart decision because they they're allowed to take bits and pieces of what the characters had good about them and mash them all into one, and it works. Yes, um, that's the that's the strength of this show and the strength of DC, I think, in general. Because what the show is, after you get over the premise and what it is, you get into it. It's I'm pretty sure the whole season is going to be. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy hanging out at Poison Ivy's apartment being gal pals. and be, This is like a single woman romantic... It's like a single woman... Uh, not rom-com, sitcom. You know? It's like, it's like fucking uh, Laurel and Hardy. Mm-hmm. You know? But they're both fucking villains. And you, so you get to have all the raunchy, awful shit. Um, but yeah, like with DC characters. I You look at Marvel characters and they are great as superheroes. They're just... they're. Good superheroes, superhero with superheroes. Yeah. Gonna make another superhero show about superheroes. And then I fucking watch DC and I'm like, oh cool, there's a horror show. And there's Teen Titans and there's Teen Titans Go. Fuck you, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, they can they can make at least a monetarily successful adaptation of both the angsty teen show Teen Titans. Yeah. And then the stupid, campy-ass, shitty, meme-filled Teen Titans Go. Yeah. And then another Teen Titans series where... It, they're even like live action now, and then you have all the different portrayals of Doom Patrol, Justice League Dark, the the one where Batman and fucking Constantine fight like um, magical boys. So you have that going on, and now you have like a, just a comedy, like a sitcom about you know two girls trying to make it in the city. And that's DC does they have they don't have as realistic characters. I don't think anyone can argue that they're not going for realism, but it means they're a lot more flexible in however you want to portray them. They're a bit more of an archetype or an icon that you can mold to suit your needs. Like Poison Ivy. In this one, she's just like the fucking down-to-earth friend who, holy fuck, I wish I had her as my friend. Mm-hmm. That was... She's she's real solid and supportive, and she's goddamn competent, and you know how I am about competent characters in my comics. It's great. She's like fucking... Um, Oh, what was that show in the 90s? Was it Laura? No, what was the um, Linda? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> Fuck. It's the one with the... It's It's the animated show. The animated... Daria. Oh, Daria. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She reminds me of, like, Daria. Yeah. Oh, yeah, She's yeah. Like, totally. Actually. Totally just super dry and, like, don't... Don't do it. I'm oh god. Kite man's gonna hit on me. But she's funny though. She's dry, yes. but she has those funny quips. And she's not afraid to be like, dude, dude, just fuck a kite man, fuck off. Like leave me <laughs> like alone. The little right kid now. He's trying to kiss her again. She's yeah. like she turns like little boys into trees by accident. And she's like, Alright, I gotta fucking kiss him to, to get out and the boy wants another kiss. He's like, Alright, kiss you, get the fuck out of here. Like she yeah, she's like, Get the fuck out of here, kid. Yeah. It's 
It's hilarious. It's really and then good. You get, then you contrast that in the second episode against Kite Man, who is just, <laughs> hell yeah, Kite Man. <laughs> I love Kite Man. He's growing on me. He was such a douche, but then he's like, all right, I get, I get his character now. It's so funny. He just... There, there is a lot of stuff about it, and like the good part is it has like a decent plot, like Harley wanting to be independent, and like, yeah, they do the whole like, oh, I'm an independent woman, and they, like, I'm a strong independent woman, I don't need no man, like they do that, but they kind of jokingly play on it, but not jokingly play on it as well. Mm-hmm. I, they do a really I good mix it, of that. It's not preaching. Takes a little. Take a little in from little influence from like BoJack Horseman and maybe like uh, Toka Tuka and Bernie. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of those like animated lifestyle uh, comedies where they're like, here, here's all these funny situations, but it's also a little real. Also, they, <laughs> I'm just fucking thinking of they blow up Howie Mandel in the second episode. <laughs> but like, it's it's great because you're adding these like ironic. Um, like lifestyle situations that you could see yourself in, like going to a bar mitzvah, and like it's like your your coworker's bar mitzvah, and it's like important for them, and you need to act like proper and whatever. But then you add in the supervillain aspect of it, and then they're like they're goofy, and it, it adds a little uh, unexpected flair to it, like where she thinks that they could uh, steal out of the the Gotham Mint. And then she right. beats up all these guards and whatever, and she does it relatively easily. And you're like, "Oh, good for Harley!" But then all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it was, was all it set was up and staged <laughs> for the the little thirteen year old dweeb's fucking birthday bar mitzvah celebration, where Wayne Knight, who is playing the penguin, fucking amazing. Yeah, it's uh, Wayne Knight is Newman from Seinfeld. For those, oh of you yeah, who might not remember. <laughs> um. Let's see. He's like, here, I got the improv troupe to be the security guards. That's so It's got you fun bucks. And then she fucking talk. She talks him down from shooting her. Yeah. He's like, you've never finger blasted anyone, have you? Because <laughs> that, that paid off. That The little information she got earlier paid off. I don't know. I it's think just, it's Harley- so good. It, it's really, really good. Uh, I, wa- I, I want Harley to be an icon for trashy women everywhere. Like, you know how uh, fucking Tweety, like, gangster Tweety Bird yeah. was in the early 2000s? I want Harley Quinn to be that yeah. now. I can see that. I can see that happening. You heard it here uh, first, ladies. Let Harley Quinn be your role model. Trash icon. Trash icon. <laughs> it's great. Uh, if I had to talk about downsides, I think that some of the, some of the voice acting could be better. Um, this is just a TV show, so I get it. You can't always get all the best all the time, but it does the job pretty it's, well. It's pretty the direction good, yeah. is solid. Um, some of the dialogue, I don't know, I think could be a, a little tighter. Some of the jokes fall flat, and you know, because it's not fully committed to being a comedy. You know, it's still try. It's still like yeah. we kind of want to be a comic book show. Still a little bit. I'm like, no, no, just get rid of it. Just. Just be fucking BoJack Horseman, but in Gotham. But some of it please. I got. Some of it was like really quality humor, and I'm like, all right, yes, that's funny. I, I'm just like more. And more, it works. Please. It works with Harley. It works with Harley's character, but but some of the other ones with like Kite Man or like Frank or something like that, but they don't really work too well. But you know, it, I think it works Calendar out. Man, he's great. Yeah, 
It's like, Calendar Man, how long have I been in here? And he's like throwing Molotov cocktails and strangling guards. I was like, oh, hey, Harley, it's been about, it's been exactly one year to the day. But then it might fall flat with like, how'd you get a plant in here? And then the Riddler comes in, I ate an orange and shit out of seed. And I'm just like, okay. What a riddle. What a a good humdinger. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. And uh, I think we're, what, three episodes in? Yeah, this is the third yeah, episode. Yeah, so we're three episodes in. Uh, I'm excited to see more. I'm definitely going to watch more. Thanks, DC Universe, yeah. for making that subscription so fucking cheap. Yeah, seriously. Don't change. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I that sort of wraps yeah, up I think that's a good place my, to my short it. feelings on Harley Quinn. Um. Keep watching more. So uh, that is us for this week. Uh, where can we find ourselves, Jake? Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook. I don't know about Instagram. I don't think Instagram. Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Look up the Saturn Studs. You'll be fine. Any links of that sort can be found at our website, SaturnStuds.com. Uh, go down to the bottom. You'll find them all there, including our Mixer and Twitch links as well. Uh, we do go live. Uh, we try to get live every week um, on YouTube. I don't know if Kurt will be back YouTube, from saving Twitch, the world Mixer, yeah. by 830. So if, if Kurt, he, he will survive his, his world saving, but we don't know at what time he'll get back. So uh, We'll be like Will Smith and he'll come back as a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be uh, in disguise. Spy in disguise. Oh yeah, we we tweet around every now and then. Uh, play around with that. Let me tweet some memes. We'll see. Give you some haha. So go ahead and follow us. Uh, you'll get alerts on when we do upload our podcasts. Uh, try to upload it every Saturday or Sunday. And uh, give us a listen. And uh, any podcast listening services you're listening to, uh, go ahead and look at our backlog too. Got a lot. Got a lot back there. Uh, yeah. Like I said, like I said this, this is... week was uh, Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah. Go find that. (laughs) And uh, if that's everything, then I think um, enjoy the rest of the day. We'll you might catch us tonight. Like we said, might catch us tonight eight thirty. Yeah, but enjoy Saturday. Stay safe and party like it's nineteen ninety five. Peace. Bye bye.